Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. You know, that competitive fire that, I mean, you obviously have, you can just hear it in the way you talk about the game and coaching. And um, when you were right right in the middle of it, the the how did you balance the competitive fire? You're, you're competing your team versus theirs, but also yourself versus the other guy over there. But how did you balance that with still the, the coaching fraternity and the relationships that I think are so special that we build by doing this? What was that balance like for you? I always thought it was pretty easy because as long as a guy wasn't an ass on the other end, I'm cussing my players or yeah. being disrespectful or pressing up 60 with eight, you know, it's just ridiculous things. And I always felt like that he's not an issue. You know, my issue is me and my issue is my team. I don't care that much about them. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I cared about the relationship because everyone knows that I'm, I'm a very fiery person, but I'm not disrespectful to the other coach for any reason. And I'm always going to walk by at the end. I'm always going to shake hands and I'm always going to congratulate you unequivocally. Not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna come out whining. Oh, ref sucked today. Oh, I'm at. Oh, yeah, well, nice game, Matt. Refs blue. And I'm not doing that because that's really, really rude. And because I know I'm a little bit of a polarizing type of a person, I like throwing you off by being really humble. Because from a distance, I always tell people, you know, you you know, there's 30 frames of video in in a second, right? There's 30 snapshots per se, right? And if you judge anybody by the snapshot of their life, you're probably not being fair because my best snapshot. You know, I'm, I'm I'm Mother Teresa, and my worst one, I'm Attila the Hun. Well, mm-hmm. if you level it up by watching the old video, and I know from a distance I can be that person. I like throwing you off because I am a respectful person, and I think you should care about your reputation because you only have one, yeah. you only got one name. And there's there are people out there that don't like me, but it was very highly unlikely that it was just because I don't care what you think of me. So I just went off. It was probably because you know, like, well, that's okay. I mean, didn't you learn that as a basketball player? You can't make everyone happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's an important lesson you got to learn, especially your coaches. You, you can't, I mean, coach bliss played me 40 minutes against TCU one week later, 47 seconds against SMU. And I did nothing wrong in that week to change that, have that dramatic of a change in playing time. Right. And I had to make the choice. I mean, this was as a college player of while I care what he thinks, I'm also not going to try to understand every decision he makes because I'll end up going crazy. I'm just going to have to worry about staying consistent and working hard. Right. Well, and, and, you know, I always tell people, I said, Tony Romo would be an unemployed truck driver back in Charleston, Illinois, if he hadn't been, when he had his hat on backwards, some gruff guy from New Jersey goes, Romo, get your ass out there! And he was ready to go. Yeah. When preparation meets opportunity, that's where success happens. So you got to prepare yourself for it, but you got to be ready when the opportunity comes because you don't get that many of them. And that goes back to my story about, when I say, you know, he goes, you think you can win? And I said, you think I can't? And I didn't mean to be arrogant, but you don't get, you don't, and, and what I said to him was, I said, the likelihood is I'll probably never get a chance to go back again. Well, I didn't. 
Tommy went once. Joe Rushy, you know, you know Tyrese Maxey, the kid that plays for the Sixers, right? Remember his father? You ever met his dad, Tyrone? No. Tyrone played in the DISD back in 88, 89, same time as Baron Brown and Thomas Hill. And I got my start in basketball in Dallas because they just opened up AAU basketball in 1987. I started working at Oak Cliff, so I was working with these kids. And Tyrone, Tyrone Maxey, the father, made a half-court shot for Brian Adams. That was when uh, it was Brian Adams and Kenyon Martin and all those guys were down there, oh, Michael wow. Jacks. And uh, he hit a half-court shot to end Thomas Hill and Baron Brown's uh, senior season. You know, they were supposed to win state three years in a row. They were loaded. Well, they got there one year, and their, free th- their point guard missed a couple of critical free throws, and that happens. Then the guy makes a half-court shot, and that happens. And, you know, that's why you got to – you know, the, the, the most hollow thing in the world is coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know, and that's why I really encourage people. I don't watch a lot of video after we lose unless, mm. like, the last loss. I won't watch that The game. last one, yeah, yeah. What are you getting from that besides pissed off that the refs blew the block charge again? Yeah. You know what you're going to do and, and go into the offseason with a, with a grudge? I mean, to the extent – that's why, like, I get on my wife about second-guessing because it, I'm sure as a player and a coach, you just absolutely detest being second-guessed because you got to live in the moment. you got to make a decision, right? And she goes, well, I'm not second-guessing. I said, well, you, you kind of are because you're kind of talking about what I should have done. And I said, only to the degree that what you say to me will change my behavior the next time. That's the part I want you to make me review. The part about I'm an idiot because I should have done what you said after the fact because you had the benefit of hindsight. Just shut up. Just, that, and that goes for video. Yeah. You know, to the degree that this clip can make you a better, you know, a better player in the next game. Well, last game, just get over it. You know, win or lose, go eat dinner with your team. Don't act different when you lose than when you win. You know, in fact, if you could think about this, if you're – if you intentionally humbled down when you won and you intentionally kept it up when you lost, wouldn't you keep things a lot more balanced for your team? I mean, they're already psychotic teenagers. Jesus, they're already emotional basket cases to begin with, right? So you're going to make it harder by yelling and screaming when it's bad and gloating when you win, you know? So I I always had a really – I had a high school coach that I always kept, kept a pretty good balance that way. I admire the guys who keep that balance. So, and I, again, it comes back. I'll still yell at the ref. I'm still a, a type A personality. But – in the moment of, do I hammer his butt or I put my arm around him? Come on, man. Mm. He ain't trying to miss. <laughs> yeah. Coach, he ain't trying to miss that. Free that's, throw. A great, that's, that's a great That's a great reminder. You know? And, and if the best you got is out there making a mistake, that's the best you got. It's the best you got. Right? That's a good point. Uh, question for you that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. So you, you win at Plano. And then you take over years later, you take over Grand Prairie. And I think they were coming off of like a 0 and 26 year or something like that. They went over, yeah. Yeah. What was that like? like Coming from the the success that you've had, taking over a program, not like some guys that take over and have some instant success because of others' work or stuff that uh, a foundation that's already been there, really uh, no foundation. What was that like? Well, it was fun in the sense there was no pressure because Troy Matthews is the greatest athletic director in the history of high school basketball. And I love Troy Matthew. And Troy treats you like a, a college coach. He gives you resources to because basically if he gives you resources, he takes away your excuses, right? Not that you know, not that you're looking to make excuses, but the chief AD says, do it in spite of all the things I'm going to say no to. And he says, okay, go do it because I'm going to say yes. So that was cool. Had a great gym. Um, they welcomed me because, you know, we'd won state and they were horrible. Um, so that, from that part, I loved, I love the parents didn't give me any help, but that was the saddest part because the parents were just very uninvolved in my players' lives. You know, socioeconomics mm-hmm. were really bad as far as that goes. And so it was really hard. 
and I had to make a talking about about self-awareness I had to make sure I didn't come across as condescending to those kids I never talked about Plano never compared to those Plano kids they don't need to hear that crap they already know they suck they already know that those 26 is about rock bottom you know and I remember when we won our first game it was funny like second or third game we went a game and they're out there dog piling I look at Baron I coached Baron when he was a junior in high school in the summer right I know him forever I said Baron this is kind of embarrassing <laughs> I said, but what the hell? They there's a purity won. though there. Like there's a purity that in high school sports you don't always get to see. And in that moment, I think you saw it. Yeah. Well, it was cool because I always knew that no one was going to give me hell. I mean, like I said, the coolest thing about GP was part of the coolest thing was the parents didn't mess with me. And then probably the saddest thing was the parents didn't mess with me. You know, I never had any conflict with, 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 as far as that one. But then in the last five or six years, I mean, I'm going to say something just straight up because he doesn't run you, and I, he sure the hell don't run me. Charlie Bright is a coward. He's an absolute coward because we all know back in the 90s there was a school down Oak Cliff that got caught red-handed. He didn't do anything. Then we also know somebody got caught red-handed up in the white suburbs, and they didn't do anything. And now we know someone down there on Highway 20, a little further east, they're cheating. They ain't nobody doing anything. And then Charlie has the, the, the audacity to act like he, he clutches his pearls. Oh, you know, it acts up, you, you reap what you sow. And it really sucks because there's a high school portal, dude. And that's, mm. that, that, that's, un, it, that's undignified for a guy my age. And this is not ego talking. This is just a grown man versus kid talking. This is just, I'm not tail don't wag the dog talking. Mm. You know, the idea, though, that I have to go recruit my own middle school kids, that I have to re-recruit my own players, that's ridiculous. And guess what? There are no attendance zones. It don't matter. You've heard so many crazy, stupid stories that come out of these recruiting factories. And, and what do they all call fall back on? He was being bullied or he feared for his safety, right? And mm -hmm. it's sad. It's sad because it's harder to coach the way you want to coach. And that's why you have to have players who trust you. Yeah, and, and Jeff Clarkson had a great point. You know, he's at Prestonwood now. And so even right. though we're both at private schools, the, the amazing thing that a lot of people don't know is that we, we're, we're not allowed to recruit either. Like we're not allowed to go out and reach out to people find them grab them and induce them or entice them to come to our school for athletics and and the only difference the big difference is there truly is no zones they can live anywhere and come to our schools right. so so but, you're, you're, yeah well, no, you're barred by your school from doing it not only that but you'd have to account for the fact that, that you have to pay for the education but think mm -hmm. how easy it is to recruit public schools yeah, all you got to yeah. do is find a dumpy apartment address you don't have to live in the apartment yeah i do is say you live in the apartment but Jeff, Charlie's going to come knock on your door. And I'm uh -huh. sorry if I'm being rude, but I, I have no respect for that because I watched too many guys work too hard. I mean, uh, I, when Kate Cunningham left Bowie, my, one of my best friends is Alan Gratz. He's the guy that hired me after I got fired at Plano before mm -hmm. I got the GP job, right? And him going to Mount Verde, that's a little different. I kind of get that part. But the idea that that you just, you're getting cherry picked from the moment. I mean, like when, uh, when Lake Highlands lost this year to playoffs, you know, the first thing I said was cynically, of course, because I'm Irish, I'm from Chicago and dead people vote. So I looked at him, I said, you know, the most difficult job for that coach in the off season. And I said, what's that? I said, going to keep the, the assistant coach, Trey Johnson's dad hired mm. because everybody in town, let's go back to a little bit East on highway 20 is going to offer the dude a job because the, the kid comes free. Okay. Mm. Technically that's legal. All right, come on, man. Yeah, just, all that. I, I do. I do. I like you, though. I do love the purity of of uh, it. Kind of, kind of the way. I mean, it felt like at the colony back in the day. Like we had kind of 
we had grown up here. I mean, I did, I did move down from Pennsylvania before my freshman year in high school to start at the colony, but to coach Thomas's credit, I was five, three with a flat top size 13 shoe, not athletic for him to have the foresight at that point to say this kid's going to be really good <laughs> like that that would be incredible he needed to go well, and, and and how much credit do you give tommy thomas for for his development in you yes with, with persistence yep. because all those players didn't come to me as, as finished products probably the only one that i ever had that was pretty much a finished product just stay out of the way was john robertson and he was such a good kid he let me coach him yeah but the rest right. of those guys they, they weren't finished products you guys weren't either and, and also think about this. Think if you could take the greatest work ethic of any teammate you ever had and per, put it into the most talented, lazy teammate you ever had and ask where he'd be today, right? Mm. So, and, and but which can you control? You can control yeah. your work ethic. You can't control your hat. You know, you can control how hard you worked, but you still had to have a guy who believed in you a little bit. And going back to compare the colony to Plano, which, you know, sit right next to each other virtually, is that there was a sense of community. Yeah, they were all kids who grew up. And that's what that is. That's what's missing now, especially I feel like in DFW, the private school world, it's missing just because these kids don't live by each other. It's not a city that they're a part of. You know, I'll, I'll tell you one of the coolest places I ever felt like what I felt what we're talking about is in Iceland when I played for Njardvik. Uh, the cool thing about that Icelandic league was it was little towns that just had a team named after their little town and your teammates were the plumbers, the electrician, the teachers at the town that that could also play. But, and then you went together, the whole town drove down 15 miles to the right. other. It, right. it was because I didn't even ex experience that as much at the colony of everything. Uh, you know, it's like Friday night football Friday a little right. bit, it, it but shut down the, shut, shut down the store. Yeah. But, but with basketball and, and, and where, you know, I'd go to the video store where they used to buy VHS tapes or rent VHS tapes or whatever, or DVDs. And I go, and if we had won, man, like I could grab whatever I want for free. If we had lost though, I could tell from those people, like it was all my fault as the American, but my whole point, it is, it is lost a little bit. And but that's going, I mean, kind of full circle back to, and, and real quick to my point with Jeff Clarkson was, he said, good point is you almost have to recruit your own players at this point. Yeah. Season's over. You have to and recruit them. I'm sorry. If you got a reason, if you got a problem, we should have already known about it. But we shouldn't be having exit interviews with every single returning player so we can, well, what's next? Are we going to have to do an NIL package for every returning high school sophomore? In <laughs> yeah. case he doesn't make the varsity, we want to make sure he's a rich before he goes to college. Yeah. Jesus Christ, come on, man. Give me a break. Well, it, and it's, it's really, really frustrating because back to public school, so you have to disconnect with privates because the kids don't live in the neighborhood. But see, the problem now is what people don't realize is every time somebody goes off and cherry picks a kid and brings him in, he's replacing somebody. And that mm. somebody is a local kid. Mm. So that's why the, usually those the recruiters can't last long term because that's, at some that's point a good time, point. I, I haven't thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's getting. I used to always tell my players there's three numbers that are you no know, incontrovertible: one five and one sixty. There's one basketball. There will never be a second. There's five players. Never be a sixth. There's 160 minutes. And you guys get to figure out how to do that Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Is how you figure out how I split the pie on Tuesday and Friday. You figure that out with a little bit of game situation factor. Sure. But for the most part, I mean. I love to play everybody. If I have a chance to play everybody, but there are guys, there are 30, 30 guys. You know what 30, 30 is, right? You only play when we're up 30 or down 30. <laughs> it's the, yeah. 30, yeah. That's, yeah. That's what you are. 
right? I had a guy, we had a kid that played on our state championship team. He's one of the founders of Dude Perfect. You know that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. He's a millionaire. He's a millionaire. And his dad never liked me very much, right? And Cody's a nice kid, but wasn't a very good player. So one day his dad, about two years after we went state, walks up and tells me, hey, coach, I just want to let you know I forgave you. And I'm thinking inside, you pompous, pretentious idiot. Who are you to forgive me for anything? But, of course, I played along. What's that for? Oh, I just want to tell you, I forgave you for not playing Cody one minute in the state championship game. We were down 10 points at halftime to the defending state champs. We were down seven at the end of the third quarter to the defending state champs. We had to go on the defensive run of all time and survive six missed free throws to win on the craziest missed shot in the history of the world. If you decided to play one possession, we wouldn't have a ring. Mm-hmm. And I just was, should I just really hear that? You know, yeah. the crazy part was, he, he, it was this like sort of predated what's going on now. It didn't bother the kid, it bothered the dad. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's, a, that's what, and, and what really stinks is now that the inmates are running the asylum completely, factor in football coaches who probably aren't your biggest fan in the first place. Now you have, pushy parents and then that's amplified by this generation's a little worse now covid it's even worse now everything's political and i can get everyone fired and i can tell you what book to have in the library and i can tell you what the curriculum is so now every single conflict is somebody trying to hatchet your job Mm. you know and that that's ridiculous and i think if those parents would ever take a look at themselves they'd be so ashamed i think that's where part of my life for something that happened on their job never not once and i think that's where the peace of mind we have to take as coaches now is a few things just kind of rattle off in my head. One, you're never going to please everybody. And if you try to do that, you're going to be miserable. Um, two, winning is not the only thing because you, you're hopefully building relationships that like, and I can tell that you've already done with so many players, relationships that, last you're invited back to their wedding you're teaching them life lessons through a game that's really important but then the last thing is winning better be what you're trying to do because i think when you try to please everybody and you think too much about playing little timmy in the championship game because you want little timmy to feel something you actually are disrespecting the process and the the hard work that all of those other players have put in. So it's been a journey for me because I've even dabbled with some of those styles of play, like a Grinnell style, which is five in five out. Everybody on the roster plays. There's like a purity and a a piece of my heart that loves that because it's a high school. I had a dad tell me one time, you know, does it really matter? It's five, eight taps. It's high school. And, and I get that. Like ESPN is not watching our games, but right. I, I kind of came back at him with, but we're also called to be excellent in what we do. And if winning is the goal, then everything that every decision I make has to be toward that has event. to be towards that. Right. Well, and, and the thing about it too, is, I mean, do we want, do we want participation medals and orange slices? Cause I don't, I don't, you know, you know, what makes me feel real good is like when, uh, I was going back and forth with John one day and just kind of unsolicited. He says, Coach, I just want to say thanks for always, give, always being around and giving me and Joe and Bo and the guys good advice, you know, that kind of thing, because they don't have to say it. And and it's easy to say, well, that's, you know, that's because he's your best player you ever had. And he was. Well, you don't remember, you don't remember Bo, the, the Nigerian kid, but, you know, he's 36 years old. And it's funny because people will say, how are you and Inman so close? You got a son who's a freshman at Plano West, right? And 
mean, I used to have to ride bull. Remember, I told you the story about when when Matt was was cussing bull about you know, yeah. right? He's the kind of kid you had to ride his butt. You couldn't go softer; he'd walk all over you, right? And then if he walks on me, I can't coach the rest of the team, so I had to be on him out real hard. And he just respects that. So twenty years later, people are like, "How are you guys such good friends?" Because he basically rode your ass the whole time. And he said, he he said, Emmett told me the truth. Right. And, and he just he didn't he doesn't he's not there to make you happy in the moment. And that's one thing. That's one of the uncomfortable truths as a coach you have to live with. Mm. You got to find a way to just to discuss it with people because they're not mind readers. And you got to be able to explain it without malice. But you got to be able to explain, like you said, I mean, if the goal is for everyone to get the equal slice of the pie, then your son should play equal minutes. But if the goal is to win, then you have to trust me that we're working toward an end. And that's that's the hard part. Because, and, and that's why you find out if you lose a few games early in the season, you find out who the second guessers are. Because I've had kids come up and say, well, coach, we're losing with them. And, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll be indelicate here where I was more delicate there. I'd say, yeah, but we'd be losing by more if you were in. Because <laughs> he's still better than you. <laughs> I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? You go to There's practice. There's truth. There's truth right there. Yeah. Go to practice. Hey, Gory Johnson used to coach out of Kimball one time. This lady, she gets out. She's one of the screaming. You know, there's that. You know, there's that one screaming woman, and she's in every gym in America. And she seems to follow you around. The one who just has to have every single thing she thinks heard by everybody in the gym. So his mom's going bat crap crazy, and she comes up to Gory and she wants to talk to him about uh, about her son not shooting the basketball. He said, "Ma'am, before we talk about that, I want you to come to two practices." Okay, so the guy comes to the lady comes to first practice. And she comes about the first five minutes of the second practice and got up and left and she never heard from him again. Later on, he bumps into her and she's, what happened? Well, you know, I kind of came to realize why my son doesn't shoot the ball again. <laughs> uh, let, let's, let's practice every day, lady. We're not trying to be average. I'm yeah. not trying to play second, second fiddle players. I mean, and, and how, many, how many times did people tell you that they played a little basketball back in the day? Well, yeah. I watch Law and Order every night, but I don't think I represent myself in court, and I don't drill my own teeth when I go to the dentist, And even though I'm pretty sure I know what tooth hurts. Jesus, well, I played a little ball back in the day. Well, how little did you play? How far back in the day? Mm. And, 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 and even to that point, that, that, that thinking is flawed because you and I both know, too, there are some great players that aren't great coaches. They're great skill. They're great I players that that, that can't that can't teach skill. Um, one of my one of my biggest issues early on in coaching was that I could still play because I would think in my head I could do this better than they're doing it right now, or I would skip steps in teaching because I already you know knew what it should look it. like. Right. No, no, it's really easy to have that happen. The the, the Showtime show with Jerry West. And they say there's a lot of inaccuracies here, so I'm not quoting that it's the truth. But the, the scene is Jerry West comes up to Jerry Buss, and he says, listen, we got everything we need here except there's one one problem. And what's that? He goes, me. He goes, I sit over here, and I'm just freaking miserable. He goes, I look out at those guys, and all I can say is, why are you me? Well, you're Jerry West. You're the logo. <laughs> there's not even a second you, much less five of you. Mm. So, I mean, to the point of, you know, average players being better coaches, I mean – who would be a better coach, you or Darren or, or Bracey, who had to work harder to get where they got? You know, they they got they, they were able to skip a few steps. No, no bad on them. Yeah, but no. they had to learn every step. In fact, you know, but you brought up a good point too. My wife has learned to swim, and and she, she's African. She always felt that old black people can't swim crap. I said, oh, if you can hold your breath, you can swim. So we start working on it, right? And what happened was that and riding a bike. She hadn't ridden a bike. She never swam, and she hadn't ridden a bike in years. So the first time we swam. I didn't go back to real basic, simple things like cupping your fingers or mm -hmm. opening, 
little bit, pulling the water, just a little simple stuff because it's so fundamental, so rudimentary. I don't know how to tell someone to breathe. I don't know why I breathe. I just do. Well, th that goes to the point where sometimes if you're too advanced of a player, you can't, you know, you're Jerry West yelling at five guys who can't be you. Well, you're a Hall of Famer and they're just average pros. So mm -hmm. it, it's really, really difficult. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you can do. It matters what they do. It doesn't matter yeah. what you know. What is what they do? It, what does it really matter? What they do. And that's why I hate the coaches who are finger pointers. And that's why I used to love saying this. Like, we go out and lose a game. And I say, guys, listen, man, I'm going to go out there and talk to this reporter. And I'm going to tell him that it was all my fault. But I didn't have you guys ready. I said, you know better than that. You know we went over this stuff. You know we made some mistakes. But I got you. And I really think that's important that you do that. Because then down the road, they ain't throwing bombs at you. Mm. But if you think you're going to throw bombs at your point. In fact, I learned that a long time ago. The newspaper doesn't really come into play now. It's social media. But if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. Only use the media to amplify positive things because somehow if they read it in the newspaper back in the 80s and 90s, it was the gospel truth, even though it was the same thing your coach had been saying every day. If somebody else says it, I'll, I'll give my wife a hard time. You know, I, I'll give her a compliment. She, and, she'll, and she doesn't accept compliments. She, my wife's beautiful, but she doesn't accept compliments well. Then someone else will be, and she'll be really nice. I said, so a stranger can get you. <laughs> You're going to write my book? Come on, man. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.